Blast this Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is... You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Vrenick. Really gonna do the, the actual song. You're a monster, Mr. Vrenick. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul. The amount of jokes I could make Mr. about that Frenick. specific lyric, Tanner. <laughs> but I, I won't because you you'll get mad at me like last time. Nine and a half foot <laughs> You're a cool one, Mr. Sullivan. Hi, welcome <laughs> to the Bomb Squad Matinee. Episode number, I don't give a shit. I am your host, the Master Ceremony, Tanner Richard Craft, and with me I have... I'm Tim M. Sullivan! I, I am your annual Whoville Holiday Cheermeister, because I'm all decked out in holiday Spider-Man gear. You're getting dicked down? Go fuck yourself. And we were talking about uh, the Ron Howard movie, The Grinch. Before we get into talking about the movie, um, what the fuck did I make the warm-up question? Was it, what's your favorite Dr. Seuss story? Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Tim, what's your favorite Dr. Seuss story? So my real answer is probably How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's definitely the story that I'm the most familiar with. But uh, for this conversation, I'll go ahead and say uh, The Lorax. Uh, that's definitely a story that I think is like, it's very well made in the way that it's uh, educating children on like the, the ways that... Um, companies are doing damage to the environment and like making raising awareness in a way that uh i think is very good um it definitely was like a movie those i or it was a story that was eye-opening to me i haven't watched the movie because it looks like dog ass but the original story and the short film that came with it pretty good back to you tanner Good answer, good answer. We don't care about Joe's answer, so we're going to skip straight to me. Joe, go ahead. What's your favorite Dr. Seuss story? All right. Thank you, Joe. All right. So, anyway. You're, uh, you know you know how the Grinch stole Christmas in this movie? I, I, I'm going to steal your life. I'm going to come over there, and I'm just going to stab you. Bitch, I hope anyway. the fuck you do. <laughs> All right. Okay. Joking aside, I'll answer the actual question. So, my fucking honorable mention. I do have an honorable mention. I'm uh, sorry, you have I'm a swearing. fucking honorable mention. I do have a fucking honorable mention. I have a fucking, fucking honorable fucking now. mention. All right, so here's my here's my honorable mention. My honorable mention. Actually, I have two honorable mentions. One is Hop on Pop, uh, solely because um, th there was a running bit in my SAT study group. I, I don't know what started it, but... The, like this group that I was with, like had an obsession with like throwing the words hop on pop on things to a point where we're fucking studying for this ACT prep like stuff. We're, do we're studying for the ACT and just out of fucking nowhere, just within this group, one of them starts playing the uh, the Price is Right theme and just like starts singing hop on pop to the tune of the Price is Right. I don't I don't know what the fuck they were on. Drugs, probably. Probably. But you know what? It was so fucking funny and caught me off guard that I have to mention it, and I have a soft spot for that story because of it. Um, the the one honorable mention that's actually a serious one is uh, the Sneeches. It's a really good story. Um, uh, teaches children at a very young age that racism is bad. Um, so in a way, it's a lot like the movie Green Book. I wanted to see how Tanner specifically would react to that. You can't say these things, dude. You can't be saying these things. Look, look at you. Mr. says so many fucking controversial things in a, in a fucking episode. You really going to say this um, on Al Gore's internet? Yeah, I'm going to say this on Al Gore's internet because uh, this is 2001, damn it. Um, space but Odyssey? My actual, 
yes. But my actual answer to this question is fu- it, it's green eggs and ham. Come on. How could it not be green eggs and ham? It's a very entertaining story. Um, this this man just harasses this guy who just doesn't want to try this fucking moldy ass looking shit that is actually edible. Um, and he, he will stop at nothing to get him to try this goddamn food. And you're you're rooting for this guy because the guy who's like not willing to try the food, uh, he's kind of an asshole. This is also a very good story about peer pressure, but in the end, the villain wins. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, it's a fun story. I like Green Eggs and Ham. I've always liked it as a kid. Um, I guess the Cat in the Hat's an honorable mention, but I didn't grow up with that one as much. I grew up with the Mike Myers movie, unfortunately. Uh, back to you, Tanner. Son of a bar. Good there, answers. Baby. Good answers. Uh. Uh, for me, this kind of stuck between two. I'm a big fan of Horton Here's a Who. I like elephants. I like dudes named Horton. Hell yeah. That's on my grinder profile. I like dudes named Horton. Um, uh, but for me, I think the answer has to be... Uh, this is a bit of a generic answer because it's obviously the single most iconic Dr. Seuss story. Uh, but I loved it as a kid. The Cat in the Hat. Uh, and if I and if I dare be more specific, I specifically mean the Mike Myers version, specifically the scene where he goes, where they're like, "Whoa, this is like a ride! This is like a ride in an amusement park!" And then and then Mike Myers goes, "You mean like movie pauses, Universal Studios, <laughs> ka-ching!" And then the movie plays again. <laughs> that scene lives in my head, rent free. Every time I close my eyes, there's Mike Myers going, "Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching." Um, Cat in the Hat, good. Not really. That movie's actually bad. That movie was so bad that the Seuss estate forbid any more live-action adaptations of Dr. Seuss's work, which is a shame because the one we're talking about today, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I think we can all generally agree, is still maybe the best adaptation of a Dr. Seuss story? Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll get into that more, starting with Joe V., and if memory serves me correctly, I believe you also have a childhood-related story about this movie? Yeah, I was going to save that for general discussion. I'll actually discuss my thoughts on the movie first oh, and foremost. Okay. But I want to I address something that you said right there um, about this particular version of The Grinch being the best adaptation of a Dr. Seuss thing. If we're not counting any of the, lo- the uh, animated short films yeah. prior to this, then I would agree with you. If we're counting those, you are dead fucking wrong, my friend. Yeah, um, those aren't adaptations; those are yeah. straight retailings. I, be, I think best, you need to at least be, be a little best feature adaptation. Best feature adaptation, one hundred percent, because like as as much of a cult thing as Cat in the Hat is, um, it's not that good. Objectively uh, speaking, it, it's a bad the Lorax movie. Sucks. It's bad the in Lorax a way that's is fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, the Lorax is bad. The Lorax is bad. Um, the uh, Horton hears of Who movies, fine. I guess I like the part I, where they all go. I can't fight this feeling anymore. Yeah, and you said that band was REM. It's Ario Speedwagon, motherfucker. No, I'm pretty sure it's REM. I hate you. That, that, that's a different Jim Carrey movie. That's Man on the Moon. No, I'm pretty sure that was uh, Sonic <laughs> Two. There we go. All right, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, not, not even the fucking Illumination Grinch is any good. Uh, the the song fucking straight up lies in that one. It's like they say he has termites in his smile. His teeth are fucking like making like white strip ads like look jealous. Like his teeth are fucking perfect. Fuck that movie. Um, I really don't like the Illumination one. Uh, but I so but I want to talk about this one that we're supposed to be talking about today, the the Jim Carrey one, the Ron Howard one. So, I can look at this movie objectively. I'm able to do that. And I can understand why some people don't like this movie. With that said, I am 100% fucking biased. I am biased. I grew up with this movie. Um, I was forced to see this in theaters multiple times. Uh once against my own will uh but but i'll discuss that later (laughs) um i had the action figure line uh that came out with this movie um yeah there was action figures for this movie um 
and it's been just a family tradition. Like every year we play this movie, every time Faith Hill starts playing, I weep like a baby. Like that, I like I have a bias for this movie, so I cannot hate it for the life of me. Even if I didn't have a bias, I don't think I could hate this movie because here's the thing: it's like sure. It gets a little muddled in places. Um, the the visuals, you really have to have a certain taste for weird, kind of ugly-looking visuals, because, yeah, this movie is a little ugly to look at, um, specifically the makeup, but it's also Rick Baker makeup, so it's good makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, Jim Carrey is really good as the Grinch. Yeah, he goes a little too over the top, but I think that's like the one like undeniable fact that's like everyone really likes Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Uh, sure, he's not as subtle as Boris Karloff, but no one's as fucking subtle as Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm losing my train of thought, but I'll talk about the stuff that I do like about this movie. Um, I, I am one of those people that kind of likes the weird ugliness of this movie. Um, I like the set design in particular, which I believe is still set up in uh, Los Angeles for the uh, Universal Studio tour. I think they you mean like in that. Universal Studios? There you go, cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good-looking set. I love all the sets in this movie. I props to the set designer team. Um, Again, props to Rick Baker. Like, the makeup is ugly, but it, it is good-looking makeup, uh, specifically on Jim Carrey. Uh, Jim Carrey can act the hell through that makeup, and he's he is, like, the, he's what makes that movie work, and he's supposed to be the thing that makes that movie work. Um, so, props to Jim Carrey. Um, I really like the fucking soundtrack of this movie, when it, when you hear pop music in it. Uh, mm-hmm. sh- shout out to one of Tanner's favorites, the Bare Naked Ladies. They they have a song on this. Uh, I think Smash Mouth even has a song on this. Uh, rest in peace, Steve Harwell. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, fucking what else? Uh, I I don't know. I just also think this is a really funny movie at points too. Probably my favorite running gag is the the gag with the cat when he's actually stealing Christmas. Yeah. One cat's rock because one cat's rock baby. And uh, two, they don't overdo it. They, they have it in the movie twice within that montage. It's funny. The first time you forget about it. Cause he's doing all these other kind of goofy stuff. And then it comes back and it's even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't fucking expect it. Um, so that, that that's my opinion on the Grinch. I, I'll probably have more to say in general discussion, but movie good. I can't hate this movie, even if I didn't have a bias towards it. Uh, Yeah, movie good. Back to you, Tanner. All right, good shit. Tim, what are your thoughts on The Grinch? Grinch is a pretty fun time. Um, This, much like Joe, this is a movie that I, I grew up with. I remember very vividly when it came out seeing those trailers for it um and like i remember it was advertised as like jim carrey's the grinch but then it came out dr seuss is how the grinch stole christmas which i remember as a kid thinking that was weird like this isn't the title that they said in the commercial um but uh in any case good it's a good time um much like joe i have nostalgic affection for it but um, it is also just like a, a very fun movie. Uh, Jim Carrey just eating the scenery. Um, he is just uh, great for the role. Um, getting getting to do all his Jim Carrey stuff. Um, cranking it up to 11. Um, Joe's also kind of talking about like the, the ugly look of the movie. Which is something that I think is kind of funny about this particular adaptation. Because... In some ways, it kind of looks like it's shot like a horror movie. Like, you have a lot of Dutch angles and all, all of that, like, makeup stuff makes it ugly in this, like, kind of charming, like, almost B-horror way that I that I do love. Can I, can I mention one thing now that you bring that up real quick? Yeah. There's a bit in this movie that it, it's not even a scary scene, but it feels straight out of fucking Evil Dead. 
it's when they're starting the cheermeister bit and uh the uh the mayor is like trying to uh convince people not to vote for the grinch <laughs> and you cut to like all these reaction shots of like the uh the people in the crowd as this back and forth between cindy and the mayor happens mm. and it feels like something out of evil dead yeah <laughs> yeah and that's another thing is like it's there's like all of these people crammed into this small space so you get that claustrophobic aspect to it as well um and uh that also kind of you know goes into the themes of consumerism that this particular adaptation is dealing with um that that speech that the that uh, the Grinch gives towards like the end of the second act or whatever, um, the end of the cheermeister thing. Uh, like I, I remember as a kid, like the, he's just giving his bad guy speech, but then listening to it as an adult, I'm just like, you know, I, I get where he's coming from with everything he's saying. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a real fun time. And, um, I, I actually watched the TV version of the movie for this viewing because um, so some people might know if you watch a movie on TV, sometimes they'll like throw in a deleted scene here and there. Like uh, one prime example that comes to mind is uh, another Jim Carrey movie, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. There's the scene where he's just supposed to walk through a Cannibal Corpse concert to get to a guy. And on the TV version, it's like this whole set piece where he's crowd surfing through the crowd as Hammer Smash Face is playing, trying to get away from these people who are chasing after him. Uh, so sometimes you'll get stuff like that. With this movie, it's like a whole-ass extended edition. There's like a bunch of stuff that is not in the theatrical version. And it's mostly just like extensions of gags that kind of go on a little bit too long. Like uh, when he's getting dressed for the... Um, Hubilation. Um, he's like, he tries on a couple different costumes in the TV version. Um, there's just a couple things like that. But then there's some scenes that like kind of add to like character motivations. Like um, right before he gets the razor as the like gag gift, uh, they show like everybody doing like a little uh, merry-go-round of everybody giving the person to their right a gift and he's like looking around going oh shit I don't have anything uh, so it's this whole extended gag where he's like trying to figure out what to give uh, Martha May Huvier and then he just steals uh, Jeffrey Tambor's watch uh, <laughs> um, hell yeah brother which, which like that's a funny bit but it's also like it kind of informs the Grinch as being like he he does kind of care in this moment like he he wants to be part of what's happening um there's also a scene where um there's like a light competition between um uh Cindy Lou who's mom and Martha May and it's like uh, continuously getting more and more exaggerated between like the the lights like they'll turn one thing on and then their person will turn the other thing on and at the end it's like um Betty Lou who uh she she's the victor um by like uh, unanimously and uh um Jeffrey Tambor gets the results and he's like uh the winner uh, by split decision is Martha May Huvier. Uh, and like she's fucking crushed that he that she lost, and he lied about it. Uh, so like it is like I get why these scenes were cut because they kind of uh don't feel like they fit in the runtime, but they do kind of add to the characters, which I think is interesting. So if you have cable and want to go watch the the TV version of the Grinch. Uh, might be worth might be worth checking out. But uh, overall, this movie pretty fun. Back to you, Taylor. I was gonna say, um, you you mentioned the light scene in particular. They, like they build up to it in the theatrical version. And yeah, it's just never paid off. Yeah, like there is a payoff in the TV version that got cut. God, so weird. Fascinating. All good stuff, boys. Um, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think Jim Carrey's performance is like a solid half of the reason why it's good. Uh, it still uh, astounds me to this day that a single man is in that much control over the muscles in his face. Yeah. Uh, because I most certainly am not. Um, 
beyond that, I think what's most fascinating here is that for a Ron Howard movie, um, this is, and I like Ron Howard as a director, so don't take this as a slight, but for what his typical style of movie looks like, this is perhaps the most visually distinct and visually interesting movie of his entire career. Mm. Wouldn't say best, of course. I personally think Apollo 13 is his best movie, and I think most people would agree with that assessment. But um, this is up there for me in terms of his filmography, and, and a lot of it, again, has to do with how visually and interesting it is in the set design and the costume design and the makeup. And just in like, like Tim was saying, the way it's shot is so fascinating. Like it is shot a lot like a horror movie. I also like how the bloom effect is kind of cranked up in every fucking shot, not in the Grinch's cave. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of that era when we had games that were coming out for PS3 and PS2 and to make the PS3 version look better, they would just crank the shit out of the bloom effect that way you knew HD, you know, because yeah. brains. Um, that was a deeply fascinating aspect of it. Just visually, just the visual language of the movie in general is very different for a Ron Howard movie. Ron Howard is very much like a, your your bog standard. Again, I say this with love. He is a great director, I think. But he, he's not exactly known as a director with flair, per se. Um, but there's Let's a... Talk about Tanner. Have you haven't you seen Hillbilly Elegy? That's enough of that. That's <laughs> enough of that. Settle down now. Settle down now. Forgot what he about made Solo. That. Uh, Solo is one of the more visually interesting <laughs> movies of his career. Um, That's yeah. Why why can't he turn up the brightness? Yeah, I don't. Let's not get into that. Um, everything that happened to Han Solo happened over the course of three days. Anyway, um, the Grinch. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, what got to me this time was just like, think how emotionally resonant it was. You really feel bad for the Grinch. Like, dude just got, dude's abandoned as a child, as a baby. And he, like, thank God there were these two lesbian mothers that we picked stand. him up. We stand the lesbian mothers of the Grinch. Um, which actually reminds me, I think the hardest I laugh in this movie every single fucking time is when he eats that glass plate. And he's like, bye, Santa. Santa, bye-bye. Santa, bye-bye. Kills me. <laughs> Fucking destroys me. Just like the glass sound. Does that crunching glass sound as he bites into it. It's just Santa, bye-bye. Um, also, Baby Grinch is cute. Mm-hmm. Fuck the haters. Um, it's a really good Rick Baker puppet. It is. It is an excellent puppet. Um, I also sort of like the... Uh, Minor, but still their romantic through line the movie has of um, Martha Mayhew? Martha Mayhew VA. Yeah. Martha Mayhew VA and the Grinch. Uh, it especially kills me every time where it's like, my heart belongs to someone else. And the Grinch is like, me? <laughs> you talking about me? Chip? Man, wouldn't it just be so funny that it, it wasn't actually the Grinch, but it was instead... Uh, it was Sidney Lou's what, dad. What? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, uh, <laughs> it's fucking Tars from Interstellar over there. No, no, no. Mar- Martha May Huvier is a monster fucker. It's canon. 100%. That's canon. She, that, I say, she's into dudes that are green. Yep. And it's... Uh, I think it is easy being green, personally. Anyway, um... <laughs> Um, I like the romantic through line and um, for me, I think the most striking thing about this adaptation is if you're going to do a feature length adaptation, if you're going to expand upon the source material in uh, such an expansive way, I think it's the most interesting and quite frankly, as Ethan put it in our group chat, the only way you can expand the material this way is if you make it a critique on the consumerist uh, attitudes uh, towards Christmas and specifically making the who's like they're addicted Mm -hmm. To like the imagery of Christmas mm. rather than the celebration of being with your family and your loved ones. They're addicted to this idea of Christmas that's only found in a Sears catalog mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think that is the most fascinating aspect of it. And I think it really comes to a head with the proposal scene. It's incredibly striking how it's like, and if you accept this proposal, you'll get a new car. And then it's tick tock tick. Talk, talk, yeah, talk. Like that whole bit is absurd. Um, 
just everything there, just how consumerist and ugly it is. And if I was the Grinch, I'd get pissed off too. Because, like, first off, the mayor made what was supposed to be the Christmas uh, cheermeister's moment about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, just the entire ordeal is just so gross. Like, everything about the scenes are so gross. Like, it, like right off the bat, you have, like, for the next five minutes, 99% off. And then you get these uncomfortable close shots of, like, hordes of people running at the camera. It's yeah. claustrophobic. You feel like you're about to be trampled. It's or, like a scene out of the Thanksgiving movie that came out recently. Or yeah. how, how are we introduced <laughs> to Sydney Lou? We're introduced... Because she's carrying like 30 goddamn presents. Yeah. And her father needs to remove one just to look at her. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like they're not even getting presents to give to other people. They're just buying presents for the sake of buying presents. It's a hyper, not even capitalistic society, just a consumerist society Mm -hmm. in a really gross way. And I think making it so the Grinch is, you know, obviously bullied as a child, but he can see through the bullshit and be like, what the fuck is this? This is horse shit. Yeah. You just like buying things. You don't like giving things. You just like fucking, you're addicted to buying things. Mm. To, here is product. Here is product. Now consume product. Consume, consume, consume. Um, And I think um, expanding upon the material that way um, creates a much more fascinating and interesting product that, uh, quite frankly, is more thought-provoking than you would think an adaptation of a Dr. Seuss book would ever be. Not to say that Dr. Seuss doesn't make interesting stuff, but he does make stuff for children. So I think these are a lot of layers there that you can, um, as a kid, you sort of get, sort of grasp it. But as an adult, I think, or at least maybe as an older person, like a teenager, you kind of can appreciate and sort of unpack those themes in a more interesting way, Mm -hmm. especially in a world where I feel like Year after year after year, Christmas becomes more of a uh, can becomes more of a commercial product than any type of real familial loving celebration. Mm-hmm. And I think The Grinch is sort of the perfect movie to, at least that I'm aware of, that uh, kind of explores these themes. Um, other things I want to get out of the way other than what everyone else has said. Um, I really like the performances across the board, not just Jim Carrey. I think mm-hmm. Sydney Lou, who, whatever that actress's name is, whose name escapes me right now. Taylor Momsen. Taylor Momsen. Thank you. I, I don't know if she ever went on to do anything, but I think she gives a, or go ahead. I was going to say she, she did go on to do a couple things. She was in a couple movies. She had a oh, recurring role. Well, hold on. Isn't she like in a band now? I was yeah. going to say, she was. She had a recurring role on Gossip Girl, but she's most known now for being in The Pretty Reckless. Yeah. Which is uh, like a goth punk band. Yeah, they, yeah. they make music, the kind of music I like. <laughs> okay. So Cody, that's Cody cool. Cody was saying that uh, she's from St. Louis, uh, which... I'm going to need a source cited yeah, I, on I, that. I, if I remember correctly, yeah, I think Cody might be correct. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it, too. Oh, shit, she is. Yeah, and she's my age, and she's from St. Louis, yeah, and she, she went and went on to do this. What am I doing wrong? Good question. <laughs> uh, I love you, buddy. Anyway, um, I think that aspects uh, her performance is great. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Tambor, who plays the mayor, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, love him. Great douchebag. Just great pompous prick energy. Jeffrey Tambor, you're great at playing a pompous prick. Probably because by some accounts, you're also a pompous prick in like, real life. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> Who knows how much acting was actually going on here, you know? He's got the worst fucking attorneys. George Bluth was not a great man. <laughs> I may have committed some light treason. This is this is when they like prosecute him for his crimes against Christmas at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the Grinch in prison and he's like, I may have committed some light <laughs> jolly trolley treason. He's talking to the Grinch in prison and he's just like, I haven't had sex in over a month. You know, you've been in here two months, right? <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor be fucking the Christmas. Listen, that nose is too pristine. 
this Jeffrey Tambor does not fuck because that nose is too pristine because he doesn't eat pussy. Jeffrey Tambor in this movie does not eat pussy. And that's the problem. That's why uh, Mary Mayhew said no. He's too selfish. Zack Snyder says not canon. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's the, the 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 guts of everything I want to say. I'm sure I'll come up with more in general discussion, uh, which we'll get to after a brief commercial break. You're saying a brief commercial break. Welcome back from that ad break for another ad. Moviepalette.com. You can get one like this. I have Punch Drunk Love back there. You can order ones for movies like The Grinch, Swiss Army Man, The Avengers. And if the movie you want isn't on there, you can pay a little extra and get a custom one made of the movie you want. And while you're checking out, enter the code SQUAD15 to save 15% on your order. You won't regret it. Now back to the show. I just remembered what actually might be the funniest line of the movie. Not the glass clenching thing. It's when he's going through his like to-do list and he's like, Solve world hunger? Oh, yeah. Tell no one. Yeah. <laughs> 5.30, jazzercise. 6 o'clock, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Jim Car- There are so many scenes where Jim Carrey has to just tell these... He has no one to bounce off of but a fucking dog. And he just kills it. <laughs> well, um- you, meant, you mentioned the dog. The and I immediately think of him acting opposite of him, and he's doing, like, the Spielberg parody, where he's got, like, the baseball cap, and he's in the Santa suit. Well, he's this, just doing great God. stuff. This this, this kind of goes back to something we were talking about a few episodes ago, which is uh, lines from movies that we quote on a daily basis. And uh, one of the lines that uh, Cody will say to me whenever I, like, boop her on the nose or something, she'll just go, the audacity, the unmitigated gall. <laughs> Um, so that, that one's an absolute zinger. Uh, I also love the voicemail that's just like, uh, if you call this number, I'll hunt you down and gut you like a fish. If you'd like to fax me, press the star key. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love the, I can't remember what the fucking refrigerator bit was in this movie other than is it running? I just remember the, the name of the refrigerator being so stupid. Yeah. So I think it's, if I remember, because I've seen this so many times, it's, uh, Sub-Zero Televator, I think is what it's yeah, called. Something like that. You, know, you know, Joe, speaking of seeing it so many times. Let's talk about oh, the yeah. first time. I, 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 gotta, I gotta tell this story again, because this was on our, uh, our, our long-lost Fableman's episode. So, it's lost. It's lost. Oh, yeah. Can't... I was gonna say, I, I have to tell it again. So, that way, this is out there. But people need to know about the first time that I saw this movie. So Tim was talking about the advertisements for this and his uh, thoughts on the movie. Um, I vividly, vividly remember those advertisements, specifically the damn teaser trailer uh, that had in the hall of the mountain King playing uh, over like footage of this movie. And just again, this movie is shot like a fucking horror movie, like, uncomfortable close-ups of Jim Carrey in that makeup and getting, like, real close and making scary-ass faces. So three-year-old, four-year-old me was not having any of that shit. (laughs) I was just like, nope, I'm out. No, don't make me see this movie. Um, I was scared shitless. Um, I did not want to go see this movie. I was dragged to the theater to see this, and I, like, I put up a fucking protest. I, I was like, I will I'm not having I it. will not see it here or there. I will not see it anywhere. Exactly, damn it. I, I do not like Jim Carrey's Grinch. I do not like it. Mom, I am. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So, you know, I get dragged to see this fucking movie and I just refuse to fucking look at the screen because I'm terrified of Jim Carrey's ass face. Uh, So many uncomfortable, like, close-ups of villains that year, too, because I remember, like, one of the previews for that movie was, like, 102 Dalmatians. And there's an uncomfortable close-up of Glenn Close's face and she does that laugh. And it scared the fucking shit out of me. So I'm just like, I am not having any of this, Mom. Get me out of here. Get me the fuck out. I'm a Brennan. Get me out of here. Um, but so I basically watched like the reflection of it in the like projector window for like most of it. Eventually, I turned around and actually watched the damn thing and had fun. And I've been able to watch it since. 
but the funny part of that story is like maybe 15 some odd years later, I'm at my, I'm at home. I, I'm back in Iowa. I'm having Christmas with my family. And we were talking about this movie specifically. And my mom was like, yeah, I remember when we first saw this movie. It's like, I think this is where you discovered your love of movies because you were so fascinated by the projectors. Like you could see it like coming out of the, out of the back. And you were just like, I think that's where your love for movies came from. And I was just like, mom, did, do you not remember the protest I put up not wanting to see this movie? You went like, like no, and she's like, no, why? I was like, I was fucking terrified of this movie. Did you, do you not remember this? It's like, no, I don't. You went like full Dakota Johnson and Ellen. That's not what happened, mother. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to I had to explain to her. It's like I had there was like a preview of it on like I think it was like Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas or some shit that I saw. And it scared the shit out of me. And I was like, I don't want to see this. Don't take me to see this. Um, so I didn't want to watch the movie because I knew he was going to get up close to the camera and get like really fucking scary. And since then, my mom has felt like super bad about it. Um, I, I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad at her at all. You are disappointed, I think, however. I just think it's very funny in retrospect that for like in, instead of me like being like absolutely genuinely terrified of a movie um i my mom thought i discovered my love of movies through through ron howard's the grinch um but no that is not the case i love you mom i'm sorry but it's not it, it's a, it's very funny though and that's why i'm telling this story here <laughs> god i will say this movie along with like other movies that universal put out that year they don't make movies that look like this anymore they don't make mm -hmm. movies like they used to well no they don't shoot on film anymore they typically shoot on digital true yeah it sucks you suck um, you suck damn right i do there we go jesus christ tanner um, what did you expect so i brought this up on the uh the spider-man sam raimi uh episode forever ago um, there was a period uh, in my uh, early childhood where I was reading a lot of novelizations of movies that were coming out, and this is, this is one of the ones that I read, uh, which is very funny in concept, the novelization of the movie of how the Grinch stole Christmas. Uh, it's just so the picture book, Tim. It was just the picture book. <laughs> it's not just the picture book. It got work too. It got work. It got work. No, but like it was like a legit like probably 200 page book um and i distinctly remember one of the bits in the book was um it was like after the two uh kids were coming back from the mountain going we saw the grinch and uh the mayor is trying to um get everybody to calm down he's just like uh, we're gonna expand our sales one hour uh and they're like we're open 24 hours a day and they're like we're gonna make days 25 hours now <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. 25 hour days. <sighs> you know, speaking yeah. of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, this is only tangentially related. Um, The shot at the end of the movie where he picks up the sleigh. That's such a superhero ass shot. I love it. Matter of fact, um, I just realized saying that out loud that the shot that I am most intimately reminded of is the shot of Will Stronghold picking up the lunch table in Sky High. Can someone put these two shots? Not you, Tim, because you don't do this kind of thing. But I, I want to put these <laughs> shots side by side and see how similar they are in terms of composition because it would not surprise me if they're very similar. You, you, you guys know the shot I'm talking about, right? I know Joe does. I do, yes. I watched, I, Sky High, I watched Sky High one time, and it was when it came out. Tim, I have some great news what we're doing next week for the show. Canceled. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, my, my takes about... Never mind. Sorry. Anyway, t t t Tim mentioned uh, novelizations of, uh, of movies. Um, sp speaking of that, um, I when I was growing up, I had the... Uh, do you guys remember when uh, it was like read-along books where it was like they'd have like they'd come with a cassette tape and you'd put it in and you'd read along with like a narrator? 
I don't, How about um, you read along this? Go. F I hate you, Tanner. I, I don't recall it ever being like a read-along thing. I just listen to books on tape. But I, I believe yeah. that this is a thing that exists. I believe you, Joe. Go to audible.com. But, yeah, no, there, there was a point in time for, like, children in, like, the 90s where it's, like, they would have, like, read-along books where it's, like, you'd put in a cassette tape, it would come with, like, a little book, and you would just kind of follow along with, like, a narrator who's reading on the tape. They had one for The Grinch, um, and uh, I had, like, lines from this movie, like, kind of just embedded into my head through that um, because the VHS had not come out by that point. Um, so it was... It was like my first exposure to ha like having like sound bites and like movie quotes like as a movie was coming out, just having it directly there. I also had one for the Phantom Menace, um, <laughs> on yeah. unrelated note. Um, is Clint Eastwood in this speak, movie? Speak. No, Clint Eastwood is not in this movie. Clint Howard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Clint Howard. I... Yeah, yes, Clint <laughs> Clint Howard is in this movie. And I'm trying to remember the name of his, his, his character because he has a. It's uh, it's a isn't it like hubris? Hubris. No, it's hubris. Yeah. Hubris. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking that up on IMDb earlier. Uh, hubris. That one. That one's a good one. <laughs> God. What were you trying to say, Joe? Um, God, I completely forgot. You know what's a weird bit in this movie? Uh, the fact that Mayor Mayhew has had his tonsils removed twice. Elaborate on that. No, <laughs> they never. Wait, they never yeah, wait elaborate. That doesn't on fucking it. make any sense, right? Because tonsils are. <laughs> well, he, you only have get, one yeah, tonsils. Well, he, yeah, he you goes, only take them out once. He goes. <laughs> See, it's actually a funny story. What happened was, and then he gets cut off, and they never come back to it. No, he just runs away. What happened was, and he starts running up the yeah. hill to the Grinch cave. There we go. <laughs> and they, they took bring the it tonsils up again, out, cause... put it back in, and then they took it out again. They, 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 they bring it up again even um they, they bring it up again as like he's like asleep and the grinch is stealing christmas and then he makes uh the mayor kiss the dog's ass yeah yeah max got uh his salad toss. he got i was gonna say he got cuddlingus <laughs> oh boy T tanner's just like what has this podcast become stop it twist it. get some help um, apparently, do you guys know that Jim Carrey, like, had a CIA agent help him with his acting in this movie? Uh, no. He found, it, so what it was is it, that he found the latex skin so uncomfortable that he, like, went to a CIA guy and he was like, yo, how do you resist torture? Oof. Now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine, because the other fun fact about this, too, is they were shooting uh, Man on the Moon around the same time. And so he's playing Andy. Co so it's Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, playing Jim Carrey, playing the Grinch. It's like four layers of acting. What layer is this? So <laughs> I think by the time they're actually shooting the Grinch, he was done with Man on the Moon. Um, but for all the screen test stuff and the makeup test stuff, he was still in that. Because, as you know, when he played Andy, I, I don't know if, if for the audience that doesn't know. There's a, net, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called Jim and Andy that gets into it pretty well. But essentially, Jim Carrey on the set of Man on the Moon basically went full fucking method. So much so that, like, Andy Kaufman's family visited and it was like, well, yeah, it was nice talking to my dad again. Which is maybe the single most disturbing thing I've heard in my life as far as acting I gonna, goes. I was going to say, that's six layers of fucked up. Um... The only more disturbing acting relating thing I can think of is the entirety of the rehearsal. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Tim just got some shivers. Um, basically, like what Joe said, the screen tests and the makeup tests for this movie, uh, because Jim Carrey is going full Andy Kaufman, pretending he was Andy Kaufman fully when he did the screen test for this movie, because... I used to erroneously say when he auditioned for this movie, Jim Carrey did not need to audition for The Grinch. Jim Carrey was offered the motherfucker. Jim Carrey anyway, got a phone call. Jim Carrey got a phone call, said, yo, you want to be The Grinch? And he's like, mm, can't cancel again. Anyway. I was going to say, 
I was going to say, at this point in his career especially, yeah, no, he's getting a phone call. He doesn't need to audition. Yeah, he did, that, but he did that, need to audition for Man on the Moon. That's fair. Uh, mostly because I believe that the director who was... It was uh, Milos Forman. Milos Forman was not convinced he could do it. Um, fair. And also, apparently they did not get along on set because of Jim Carrey's full method bullshit, and Milos was like going full, why don't you try acting, my dear? Anyway... Let, let me make my movie, Andy. The like, uh, you, hear, you hear him screaming that at one point. You do. So to get this deep, it's basically Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman, but he can't escape Andy Kaufman. He's in too deep at this point. So then he decides to be, well, what Andy Kaufman plays Jim Carrey, and then that Jim Carrey plays the Grinch. It's terminal actor brain bullshit. It's It's... It's and that's terminal the, actor brain. And that's why I believe that man is a crazy person. Mm. And I don't think he's deep at all. When it, Whenever I see like quotes by Jim Carrey and everyone's like, man, Jim Carrey's so deep. He's just like, he's speaking the truth. No, he's fucking insane is what he is. Sure, there's like a kernel of truth maybe in there, but he's he's lost it. He lost it in 1998 when he was shooting Man on the Moon. So, yes, but if you... Uh, this is a slight tangent. If you watch the tail end of that Jim and Andy documentary, it makes me think that it was all bullshit. God. Uh, which, to be fair, would be the most Andy Kaufman thing imaginable. Probably. Uh, do you know that Jim Carrey is basing his voice off of Sean Connery in this movie? That does not shock me in the slightest. I can see that. Kind of explains the so Bryce Dallas Howard shows up in this movie someone else uh, yeah who is she like one of the teenagers at the beginning no so funnily enough she gets like uh, on, on Letterboxd she gets a higher billing than those two teenagers no she's literally in one shot at the end of the movie and it's like they light the tree up again and it's like they cut to a reaction shot and she's just like a who that has braces on. Yeah, because she would have been like, what, 13, 14 when I, this was made? I was going to say, she would have probably been in her mid to late teens by that point. Yeah. Um, that was Anthony Hopkins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. How could you not recognize that voice? I was going to say, Anthony Hopkins has a very distinct voice. He didn't say he was going to have an old friend for dinner. Yeah, there we go. So, so you know, there, there's a funny bit in uh, it, this bit makes me laugh now that I've noticed it. Uh, there's a bit in the movie where Anthony Hopkins. Well, firstly, you have like Cindy Lou Who going to find the truth of uh, like what happened with the Grinch and you find out his whole backstory. And then it cuts to him. He's climbed up the mountain, fades into Jim Carrey um, and it's back in the present. Uh, you have this whole backstory told to you, and then Anthony Hopkins just goes, so whatever the reason he doesn't like Christmas, his shoes, whatever. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. We just saw what happened. What do you mean, whatever the reason? <laughs> I mean, he don't know. Also, <laughs> hold on a second. I just actually got the full story about that legendary um, Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey Grinch thing. This is just oh, in the boy. trivia thing. Audrey Geisel, Ted Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss's wife, came onto the set for Man on the Moon to see if he'd be right for the part because apparently even though the studio wanted Carrie, uh, the Geisel estate had such a stronghold on the rights that they could only make the movie if they approved of the lead actor. Oh, so boy. because he was in so deep... um. Because he was in so deep, that's what he had to do, the impression of himself as Andy Kaufman doing The Grinch. Um, the funniest thing, though, however, is uh, Audrey Geisel did suggest Jim Carrey for the role. You want to hear the other three actors she suggested to play The Grinch? Oh, boy, let's hear it. We're going to go with the one that makes the most sense, Robin Williams. Okay. When I tell you the I other don't... two names, you'll understand why I said that one makes the most sense. All right, hit us. Garrett. Dustin Hoffman. Hmm. <laughs> oh, you're laughing oh, now. My... 
Oh my god. Because uh, I, because I, the, the reason why I'm laughing now is because I'm, I'm Im- imagining him doing his hook voice in that makeup. <laughs> I want, I want, I want, I want. All right. Me, 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 now, now, now. <gasps> I'm curious to see what voice you'll pick for uh, this one. Um, apparently, the fourth and final actor she suggested was none other than Jack Nicholson. Yeah, um, I, I'm just gonna say this right now. If they went with Jack Nicholson, um, th- there is no way. Like, I would probably have fought harder not to see that movie in theaters if Jack Nicholson played the Grinch. Jack. Jack Nicholson's Grinch just doesn't wear makeup, by the way. It's just Jack Nicholson, I think. Right? Like, there's no way you convince him to do the latex shit. Cindy, probably not, sweetie. Light of my life. I said, I'm not gonna hurt the tree. I'm just gonna take it up the hill and fix it. And bash its I'm fucking brain. Right the fuck up. <laughs> God. Yeah, no, there's no fucking way I would have seen that movie in theaters. I would have just hung out in the lobby as a four year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know this movie won an Oscar. That's cool. What did it win an Oscar for? Makeup. That's what I figured. Makes sense. Which makes sense since, from what I understand, this this movie has the most principal characters and just background characters oh, in yeah. general and makeup. It, if watching, not ever, yeah. at least since The Wizard of Oz. Watching it with, like, knowing how much fucking makeup work would have had to go on into every single actor was kind of insane. Like, uh, on this particular viewing, this was the first time that I, like, noticed um, when... Uh, Jeffrey Tambor says that line, uh, you, you all trusted a little not to be taken seriously girl who hasn't even grown into her nose yet. I was like, oh shit, they didn't put makeup on her. She's the only person they didn't fucking put makeup on. Um, yeah. Actually, that's a misconception. It's true that they didn't put makeup well, on they, her either. They, but they the funny put, thing like, is... They did put like the prosthetic teeth, but like that's right. Yeah. But the funny thing about that, uh, um, in every other piece of media Jeffrey Tambor's been in, they've had to put makeup on. That's just what his nose actually looks like. Yeah, there you go. Mm. <laughs> it's and fucked up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the thing you mentioned about this movie, it being the movie that has like the most prosthetic on actors. We, we forget that that record was topped this year. Guardians 3 topped it. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, this reminds me of... Uh, so, Audrey Geisel, again, being in charge of the uh, Dr. Seuss estate, had ultimate veto power over elements of the script. Apparently, oh, the yeah. uh, producer of this, this movie kept... Oh, do you know where I'm going with this, Tim? I saw this tweet last night, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, uh, because Audrey Geisel had ultimate veto power, that meant there were a lot of more uh, adult jokes that were vetoed out of the movie, which is crazy because there is a fair amount. I mean, there's a scene where the Grinch basically motorboats a woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, apparently in an early draft of the script, there was an inclusion of a Who family that didn't have any Christmas decorations known as the Who Steins. Uh, to the audience that may not get what the joke is there, Stein is a very common ending to Jewish last names. Is that the one you saw last night, Tim? Or Yeah, yeah, the the, the Hoosteins. Yeah, the Hoosteins. That's, um... Austin would have the that fuck? joke. That's... That's so fucked up. Shame. Um... One last bit of trivia, um, because this is funny. Jim Carrey took up smoking to deal with the stress of this role, but because the yak hair costume was flammable, he often had to use it a comically long cigarette holder in order to smoke. So I'm just imagining him with like a Cruella Deville fucking cigarette holder walking right. around set in the Grinch outfit, and I'm that that's would funny. That would be in character too. He would have a comically large cigarette thing. Yeah, except there's no cigarette in it. It's just he just has the holder. Yeah, he's just walking around all like Burgess Meredith in an episode of Batman from the '60s, even doing the laugh, and he's just out of character just for that. So, also by the way, this was Donald Peterman's last movie as a cinematographer before his death in 2011. 
Um, the reason why it was his last movie is because apparently on the set of Mighty Joe Young, he like broke his back. Oh, Jesus. Or he had some kind of crazy injury and um, he could barely uh, film. And by the end of the shooting, the second unit cinematographer, Keith Peterman, his son, had to do most of it. Um, also, apparently, Max, the dog, was originally supposed to be CGI so he could be expressive like in the original cartoon. You know, I gotta say, thank God they didn't do that because it's so much funnier when Jim Carrey says these fucking outlandish thing and the dog's just like... Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the one Damn, time you bro. do... The one time you do get a CGI bit, like, where the eyes bulge out at the butt-kissing thing, it, it looks goofy and it's funny. Yeah. You know, I I, I want to talk one thing about uh, Jim Carrey's performance in this. Like, like it or not, there are people that don't like this performance. You I'll call them say idiots. This. Yeah, they are idiots. I'll say this. I will take an actor going all out to try and make a performance work over whatever the fuck uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was trying to do with his movie. Have any of you guys actually seen the Illumination Grinch? No, I, I value my time more than that. Um, you, you value your time more than I do? I, I find it <laughs> baffling just because, like, I feel like Cumberbatch could do a great Grinch. I don't understand he, what was going on there. I think it's he just, could, it's just but, Illumination like, being Illumination. It, it's like he like did an impression on one day forgot what it was did a different impression the next day forgot with that it's like he's doing a different impression like every single time he came in to record lines because it's a very inconsistent performance and like like there's even points where it feels like he's trying to emulate jim carrey there's points where it tries it, it sounds like he's also trying to emulate boris karloff at points then it sounds like he's trying to do his own thing, which is nothing. He, he basically sounds like Dr. House. Uh, yeah, it's, Give me it's not good. <laughs> I, I, I need Vicodin to watch the fucking Illumination Grinch. Jesus Christ. That, that, that movie has so many fucking problems. Did you know the guy that played Baby Grinch when he was like eight? eight years old so not the baby yeah. grinch but like the yeah yeah josh uh, josh ryan evans uh I was, yeah I was gonna that go was a grown man bit. yep that was a grown-ass yep. man i don't understand this was his last movie role before he died yeah i yep. actually recognized him when i watched this movie because um as i've mentioned i didn't have cable growing up so basically whatever was on the immediate stations was on in my house and uh my mom Big passion's was, head in the chat yeah, my my big my my mom was a big fan of um, soap operas for a long time, and one of the shows that would be on TV sometimes was a show called Passions. I was which... joking. Was it actually Passions? <laughs> yep, he was he yep. was in Passions. And um, <laughs> no, I, I mean I knew he was in Passions. I just I didn't think that's what you were gonna say. Yeah, yeah, no, he. I remember seeing like bits and pieces of that show. Like I never actively watched it, but I remembered seeing him in that. Uh, so when he was in this movie, I was like, oh, he's the guy from that show. Um, yeah, he he was 18 when they shot this. He passed away when he was 20. Um, very sad. Because uh, he had a condition that made him small. Yeah. Uh, I think it's actually the same condition Wee Man has. Hmm. Wee Man, for those Speaking who don't know, is a little person on Jackass. Speaking of... Uh... Uh, of little person actors, uh, specifically ones that are... Not a good movie. sentence. Not a good sentence to start off. Just saying that. Choose your next words carefully. I was going to say, <laughs> Vern Troyer is in this movie. Wait, what? You know that? Yeah, Minimi's in this movie. Where? There's, hmm. there's two Austin Powers actors in this. Um... Mini-Me is, like, one of the, uh, he, he, he's one of the marching band people. You see him faint after, uh, the infamous Pucker up and kiss it, Whoville! That's that, Vern that Troyer? That, that's Mini-Me, yeah. That's um, crazy. The, the, the other Austin Powers actor that's in this is, uh, is, uh, Mindy Sterling. Uh, she's, uh, in The Grinch, uh, the, one of the lesbian moms. 
but in Austin Powers, you might know her as Frau Farbissima. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Wait, hold on. I just want to say that on the IMDb page, the dog gets top billing over she, Jeffrey Tambor. She, get, she gets third billing. Kelly, respect. Over Jeffrey Tambor. That's fucking funny. How badly did Jeffrey Tambor's agent fuck up? How do you let a dog have higher billing than you? To be fair... Fucking agents. To be fair, the dog got higher billing than everybody but uh, Jim Carrey and uh, uh, Cindy Lou's actress. I could justify... <laughs> so I, basically, I, I like to think that the dog just had a really, really good agent. Yeah, it's not that Tambers was bad. Kelly had a world-class agent. There we go. Honestly, the, the way that I see it, he was just such a good boy or good girl on set that they were just like, nah, we can't have you lower, but we have to, we have to have you third build. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> she was best girl. I want to see what else Cause, these cause, writers did. Cause yeah. Like, cause, cause yeah, like keep in mind too. It's like Je Jeffrey Tambor was kind of a big name by this point. Molly Shannon was on SNL by this point, well into her career on SNL. Um, yeah, those are big actors. Uh, so getting lower bill over, under a under a dog, I mean, woof, pun intended. All right, so I'm looking at the um, writers of this movie out of curiosity, and I'm making some interesting discoveries. Um, so, do you guys want to know what else the writers of this movie worked on? What? Well, their first movie was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Okay. And then after that, they made Doc Hollywood. Okay. I haven't seen that. And then um, before How the Grinch Stole Christmas, they had a movie come out the year before, a 1999 movie. Oh, dear God, what is it? That stars Will Smith. Oh, my God. As a matter it, of fact, wild, it is Wild, wild West. Wild West. Uh, and then after The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, they uh, wrote... Last Holiday, which is that Queen Latifah movie. I don't know if you guys have seen the, that. The, the Queen Latifah movie? Uh, it's okay. It exists. And then the last movie they ever wrote uh, before they were shot and killed for making this movie was Shrek the Third. <laughs> <laughs> God. Live and let die. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else to say about this movie? Um... Favorite quote? There's, there's a lot that. of quotable moments. I, 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 right off, it's got to be for me again. It has to be, um, solve world hunger. Tell no one. That is a good. Ah, uh, favorite quote for me. There's a lot that, um, I that are my favorites from this. Um, honestly, pucker up and kiss at Whoville is is the my favorite that comes to mind just because of how fucking out of nowhere it comes uh man the, the shit they could put in uh in uh kids movies back in the day <laughs> they used to um, let you put anything in this shit th yeah they yeah. let you put fucking anything in this they let you put jk simmons in movies they don't let you do that anymore true um actually i'm just i'm thinking about this right now um i lied my favorite bit in this movie is not the cat bit as great as it is no, my favorite bit is uh, the Grinch's voice echoing off the walls. That is a good uh, bit. At the very beginning. <laughs> where it's like, he just says, I'm an idiot. And You're it's an idiot. just like a completely different voice. <laughs> I'm just going to whisper. You're an idiot. <laughs> that was so yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> just that reaction after the second time is what sells it. Just, oh. <laughs> I think I would still say, like, my favorite line is probably that the audacity, the unmitigated gall. Just there's something about the way he says it that's great. Um, uh, there's a line that I never noticed until somebody was talking about it on Twitter the other day. And I actually heard it when I was watching the movie where uh, they're on the um, they're on the sled and um, he gets on there and she's like, are you OK? He's like, are you kidding? Sun's bright and the snow's bitching. Yeah, he does say the snow's bitching. That kills me. Um, God. Speaking of that, that actually reminds me of one of the bits near the end of the movie that made me literally laugh my ass off when he's like, Get out of the way! I don't have insurance! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that killed me. I also love out the end where he's like, 
Arrest me, officer. And he's like, well, you said you were sorry. He, bro, he's broken to everyone's homes. What do you mean he said he's sorry? He broke into everyone's house. You got to at least be like, all right, cuff him. And then he can be like, all right, you served your time. But come on, man. He's, give, he's giving it back. He, he's give, He's got respect. You know what? I'll, I'll say it. A cab except for the cop in Whoville. Let's that go. that's the only re- I like how also the town has one cop. Come yeah. on, Commissioner Gordon, you're better than that. Yeah, that's a guy that has done voice work as Commissioner Gordon for DC. Jim Meskimen. Yep. Oh, he was also in Apollo 13. Oh. oh he plays nice. Nigel Thornberry now. Smashing. Smashing. Nigel Thornsberry or the Grinch? Who wins in a fight? Oh, Nigel Thornberry. Are you kidding? <laughs> Grinch got the strength, though. He's got the strength this of 10 true. Grinches plus two. But Thornsby has the stash. He's got the stash, and he's also got the curry. That's right. Tim Curry, baby. All right. Final thoughts. Joe, go. Uh, yeah, again. <laughs> movie good. Movie good. Uh, watch it. It's fun. I have a bias, so take my opinion with a grain of salt. But even if I didn't have a bias, I still think it's good. All right. Jim, final. The fuck? Tim, Tim as as Jim Carrey, as Andy Kaufman, as Jim Carrey, as the Grinch. As As Tim. As Tim. All right, Tanner, it's it's time um, to put you in a home, Tanner. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What what are they selling? It's it's a, He's selling chocolates. Chocolate. I'm sorry, Tim. Yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Ron Howard is a pretty good film. Uh, I I would I would recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it, uh, and pre- preferably if you are uh, under the age of 18, um, or if you're if we're, if you're an adult and you you want to look back on a nostalgic classic, it's it's a pretty fun time. Um, if you, again, if you have cable, uh, you can DVR it on FX and watch the extended version to get those extra bits. Um, uh, go check it out. Back to you, Tanner. I think The Grinch is an excellent adaptation of the source material. I think it's a great movie to watch if you have kids. Uh, it's a pretty fun time to watch by yourself, too, if you're in the Christmas spirit. But, you know who else is fun to watch when you're in the Christmas spirit? Christ! Him too, yes, it is his birthday after all. But more importantly, you! The person watching slash listening to this episode of Bomb Squad Matinee. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you're listening on any audio platforms, hi. Hope you enjoy. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much for watching. How about you mostly on down over to our Patreon and give us a couple bucks. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and go down in the comment section below and let me know what's your favorite Dr. Seuss story What do you think of Mike Myers and Cat of the Hat? What do you think of Jim Carrey and the Grinch? What do you think of the Grinch overall? And finally, would you like to win two tickets to Universal Studios? (laughs) Ka-ching! Because you can't can't win them here, but would you like to win them anyway? Comment below and let me know. And while you're down there, hit the like button so you know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so you know how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so you know exactly when we upload new videos. Thank you again very much for watching. Tune in next week when we talk about a French masterpiece. Fantastic plan. See you then, guys. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs>